Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Are you tired of investing your time and your energy into relationships that go nowhere and you know deep down the common denominator is you? You have awareness that whatever you're doing right now in relationships is not working, it's not serving you, and you are ready to take ownership of this area of your life and finally learn how to embody a securely attached, confident woman who can attract a great relationship. If that's you, I have a very special invitation. I want to invite you to apply to the Empowered, Secure, and Loved program. This is a program designed to help you no matter your attachment style, no matter your relationship past, it will help you move to secure attachment so that you can show up confident, you can communicate well, you can navigate any kind of conflict, and you can create that relationship that you've always wanted while simultaneously having high self-worth and high levels of self-love. If that's you and you know that in 2022, you are ready for a great relationship and you're committed to getting there, I want to personally invite you to apply to the ESL program. Use the link in my Instagram bio. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Morgan Coaching, Dr. Morgan Coaching, and the link is also in the show notes. Spots are extremely limited, so go apply now to reserve your spot and start your journey to high self-worth and great relationships. Welcome everyone to a very special episode of the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. We have with us Nicole Sedoma. Welcome, Nicole. So excited to have you. Hi, Morgan. So I'm going to read. Or do I need to call you Dr. Anderson? (laughs) You can call me Morgan. That's fine. (sighs) I'm sorry. I I will allow it. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) You're good. On this podcast. Oh yes. Oh yeah. You're allowed to cuss. This is just be yourself. We come as you are, is our culture here. So you are good. I'm going to read just a little intro. So the audience knows a bit about you. Um, Nicole is the founder of the Charlotte based Sodoma law firm. She's worked 25 years in the often dreaded field of family law. Isn't that the truth, right? Um, prioritizing integrity, compassion, and compassion. Her new book is a hybrid of self-help and a memoir. She's witty, honest, relatable account of the stripped down realities of marriage, separation, and divorce that mines a quarter century of stories from her career and her own experience with divorce. 
I am so excited to talk with you. We we had um, Rebecca Zung on the podcast a long time ago, um, but I know you just have so much valuable experience that our audience is going to love. So welcome. Thanks for being here. Well, I'll do my best to not disappoint and uh, bring my most vulnerable self without being too vulnerable because I am a lawyer still. So, you know, <laughs> I, I have to cover a little, but I'll tell you, writing a book at this point in my career and my life was for sure the most vulnerable thing that I've ever done. So I love what you decided to title your podcast because it is it is exactly that. So congrats on your accomplishments so far. Thank you so much. And I can absolutely relate to what you're saying about the book. We're going to get into that process for you. Um, the audience knows I'm in the process of writing a book as well. And it is the hardest thing I've ever done. Forget graduate school, forget writing my dissertation, forget anything I've done. I think the the book is the hardest thing. For, forget launching the podcast. Like none of that compares to writing a book. So I just want to celebrate you and acknowledge you and that accomplishment. I know that it's a really big deal. You know, when I decided to do this thing, I thought that it was going to be like, remember the days of um, running into the bathroom and there being like a bathroom book in the little, you know, uh, whatever, you know, in the bathroom. So um, I thought it would be really funny. Like, I don't want, like, I want it to be like a table book or something really funny. No one ever knows what to say to people when they're getting divorced. There's always like, please, you know, don't say you're sorry, whatever you do, don't say you're sorry, but here are some like funny things or not so funny things that I've learned over two decades of being a family law attorney. And I met Jocelyn Duffy and I said, okay, here's what I'm thinking. You know, for example, don't have a threesome and think your marriage is going to work out. And, you know, we thought that does happen, right? There are lots of, Of this is not like a judgment of lifestyle, whatever your lifestyle is, there's no judgment. So we started going through this list and I mean, I've seen and heard some things, nothing surprises me. So we're going through my list of like the top 30 things not to do if you want your marriage to, you know, work. Uh, Cause I am a marriage loving divorce attorney. And, um, and then all of a sudden it became like a real book. Like it didn't, it wasn't, it was no longer like my top 30 list or a table book or my bathroom book, which has now been replaced by Instagram anyway. So thank God that idea went by the wayside. Um, but that's how it's sort of came to be. We started talking and we're, I'm telling um, her stories without breaching any confidentiality, of course, and we're just working through real life and what happens um, in this process. And so that's how we, that's how it sort of came to be. I love that. I love that so much. And kind of realizing that, you know, of course we want to use humor. We want to have fun. Um, but then in the process of it, it sounds like it got more vulnerable for you and you ended up sharing parts of your story. What, what was that like for you to write about parts of your life? Well, you don't even realize you're writing about yourself. Like, I think that was part of it was, um, but also being very careful because I do have three amazing boys. And uh, so I wanted to write in a way that, uh, told my story, but to do it cautiously, 
you know, I mean, I am have have a I'm a pretty guarded human anyway. And I've spent, you know, more than half of my life. Wait, half of my life. We're not going to talk about how old I am. Um, uh, you but look like I, you're I, like I, 35, but <laughs> yes, I'll take 30 uh, <laughs> forever. Um, 35 was good, right? Um, so I um, wanted to be really cautious and I have spent 20 something years listening to other people and helping them and fixing what is um, what is uh, apparently broken. And whether that was putting a couple back together or helping them separate in a way that, you know, the best I could with the circumstances that I'm provided. So writing, what I tried to do is I divided the book up into three parts because I am a married, loving, marriage, loving, divorce attorney. The first part is really um, about marriage and about how hard marriage can be and its resources and the things I've seen and what you hear when um, a client comes in and tells you there's some similarities. So uh, you would think that with those similarities, I would have learned and I was the least likely person, by the way, to ever get divorced especially listening to the the clients as they would come in over the years, there are some similarities in those stories. And so the first part of the book is really about being married and um, how to be married and stay married, not from the eyes of a therapist, but from the eyes of someone who has sat across the table from lots and lots of people who couldn't stay married. The mm-hmm. second piece is separation. And the third piece is divorce. Okay. So, um, it is not a book that was written for people who are divorced. Uh, it is a book for someone who is thinking about separating. Um, well, and I'll caveat this too: thinking about separating or in the separation process. And my caveat to that is that the most interesting thing to me, once I got through my own divorce, was the reality that, and I've always said it, but I lived it. It takes two to say I do and one to say I don't. So you could be in what feels like a beautiful, healthy marriage, but you have no control over what the other person does, says, or feels. And so the fact that you don't know what happens in the event someone comes home and says, I don't want to be married to you anymore. I still love you. I still like you, but I've evolved and this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I don't know that we're right together anymore. Whatever the whatever the reason, it could be from adultery to I've evolved to I don't love you anymore, whatever it is, um, you cannot control that decision that they're making. All you can do is know how to respond to it. So I um so I think the, my biggest message is like to understand that possibility. And people think that's insane, like that would never happen to me. We're great. But there's so many unknowns. So while we wouldn't know what's going to happen if that comes your way is um, frustrating, but hopefully that will be the message that I send. I love this. And I think, I mean, there's, there's so many things I want to ask you, but one of them is, is I love this distinction that you make that you're a marriage loving divorce attorney. So obviously you believe in marriage. And even with everything that you've seen, 
you believe in people having great relationships and having a, a healthy love connection, right? Um, and in that first part of the book, it sounds like that's almost for anybody who even is in a great relationship and who's heading towards marriage. Um, and what I think is fascinating, because obviously you're in law, I'm in clinical psych. I've sat with hundreds of couples in couples counseling. I know all about emotionally focused therapy, Gottman, how to do dialogue, all, all the things. Um, yes. So I reference Gottman in the book. Okay, great. But I, that's what I'm kind of curious about is as an attorney, you basically become a therapist in some ways, like not, not that you have the credentials, but what was that like for you getting into your field and kind of realizing, oh, wow, I have to learn how to sit with people and, and I don't know, get them um, help and help them connect. And you're, you did go to school to be a therapist. Like, I'm, I'm just curious, like what, what that was like for you. So not all attorneys are made the same, right? We're not, <laughs> we're not the same. And so I, I can look at my experience and say, it was a perfect fit for me. Um, because it was part of what I loved about family law when I chose it, or it chose me or however that happened. But choosing your attorney and being comfortable sharing your story and being comfortable knowing that they are going to be your voice if you move forward or go down this path, are you comfortable with their voice? Are you comfortable with how they share your story? Do they have the same compassion? Do they think about um, how your children are going to receive this if you have children? Um, what it, and that was also part of the impetus of how the book came to be was I thought, oh my gosh, 20 years of being a divorce lawyer, my clients didn't tell me nearly as much as I wish they would have told me. They don't tell me what it's like to be on a field at, um, at a football game and your kids to leave with another family and you're not in that family anymore. I mean, there are all these nuances and then the parts that your lawyers don't tell you, which is the setting of expectations and the timelines and what's going to be required of you emotionally and um, I mean, physically, really, um, divorce can become a full-time job. So uh, for my single working parents, it was, I mean, you, it's not just listening like a counselor, because I'm in no way a counselor, but it's also being able to have the compassion and the empathy, understand that, you know, when you are listening to somebody who's going through the separation process, you are getting them to their start. You are not ending a marriage, right? You should be setting them up for success. And that is a very different mindset for a lawyer to have because I'm a divorce lawyer, which means my job is to help you successfully in your marriage. I don't think that's the case. So how your lawyer receives it, how they perceive your story, whether they're comfortable listening to those details, and then like um, lawyers get such a bad rap. I, I'm, I'm sure that somebody has said this about me. I mean, I'm in a, I started this law firm in 13 years ago, I think. Um, we're 20 something lawyers and we all, we eat, sleep and breathe family law. But lawyers get a bad rap in that we don't, you know, we might not return calls as timely as you need. Like having 
the expectations with your lawyer. What feels like an emergency to me is not going to be an emergency to you, Mr. Miss Lawyer or whatever. What should I expect from you? Um, You know, you're not all lawyers have that same level of compassion or empathy to know that that's going to feel like an emergency. And I, you need to know from me, how am I going to respond? When am I going to respond? Most lawyers that are in family law don't give out their mobile number. Um, and so it's so complex on the uh, counseling side, if you will, because those yeah. boundaries are so much better drawn with a counselor than they are with a lawyer. It's so it's, it's interesting really. Right. It really is. It's really fascinating to me. Um, you know, I've supported clients through uh, divorce and I imagine, it, I mean, it's just completely different, right? The way that we do that. And at the same time, um, I don't think that all attorneys or all lawyers are as emotionally intelligent or they haven't allowed themselves to not that they're not emotionally intelligent, but I would think that they just don't feel like they have the emotional capacity to meet their clients where they're at. And they're probably more boundaried and less empathic and less curious about their client's emotional experience. So what what I love about what, what you do is that you have that awareness and you have that curiosity to try to meet people where they're at emotionally because it's a, obviously it's a very emotional time um so i'm curious were were you a divorce attorney before experiencing your own divorce yes you were <laughs> i'm so, so curious what it was like before your divorce and then after and how that how that shaped what what you do uh it i am a different attorney now on this side um, of my divorce, uh, it it was very eye opening. Um, I have always said the people you marry are not the people you divorce, and uh, it 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 is accurate. The things that I um, there's so many things that I didn't expect that I should have expected. So now I say do as I do, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> so. Um, but I really thought that I was one of those few people that, um, hope triumphed over experience. I grew up in a home where divorce was our normal. Uh, both of my parents had been married several times and, um, did for the most part, a pretty great job of making it feel normal for me and what I perceived as blended they did a great job. I'm, I'm really close to my brothers. They're not married anymore, my parents, but um, and haven't been since I was 10. So I came into the practice of domestic law almost, I mean, I, I was out of law school two years and switched over to doing family law because it was a place where I was really comfortable and felt like I could, uh, felt like it, it was good for me and good for my clients. And we would learn from each other along the way. And I felt very passionate about the practice area. Um, I opened a law firm in 2008 with the hopes that I was um, going to build a practice that was centered around families. And uh, I shouldn't say hope because that's not a strategy, but that was the plan. It happened. Um, We're uh, 50 something people now. And, um, uh, and that message still goes out from all the attorneys and the staff. Everybody is so compassionate. So I feel like 
I set the right course. But then when I got, when I separated in 2019, right before the pandemic, um, it was really eye-opening. And all that I thought I knew about the separation and divorce process was seen through a very different light. And then on top of that, I thought of um, my clients, my friends, uh, my now partner, who he has also been divorced. Um, and we are now married, which is also very strange to say out loud. Um, but there was Thanks. Marriage, love and divorce attorney. So there were so many things where I would be talking to him and I would, I was no, I knew what was coming next in his case because I do this professionally, but he didn't know what was coming next. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, there's so many things that I could be doing to change, to help. And so it really changed. Like I said, it really changed the way I practiced um, being on this side of it. And it helped because that's when the book started to really come to light was after my separation, when I started being able to really put pen to paper about what I could be doing differently to support my clients, to help them fill the gap, fill the gap, the parts they don't know, the parts, you know, there's some tips in there, but, um, and some funny examples of how I learned things and not so funny examples of how my clients learn things. So um, it has changed me a lot in a good way. We all evolve. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I, I, yeah, I can relate to obviously being able to use our clients' experiences, but then when it's something that we ourselves have experienced, you just have a, a different perspective, a depth of knowledge that, that comes from that. Um, so I get to coach women who have repeated toxic dating patterns over and over and over, and they finally want to be in a healthy relationship. And a lot of times that does involve them going through a divorce. Um, I would just love to hear from you just, and I'm sure that all of these tips are in your book as well, but just maybe (laughs) your top, your top few Mm -hmm. tips on what do you do as, as the, I don't know, as the papers are getting signed and as you're, you're finalizing everything and what are, what are some of the best ways to have a successful divorce? As, as you said, I like that term. I, and I do think successful divorces are possible. So, um, oh gosh, let me think of a few, uh, a, at some point your lawyer might ask you to put together a journal or a chronology, uh, when you start to separate and you realize that this is happening, whether it takes, you know, it will feel like, uh, you will hope for a sprint and it will feel like a marathon, uh, and maybe more than that, because there are going to be a lot of things outside of your control. And so the journal and the chronology will bring you a lot of sanity and, um, also, and, and not only because it will help you keep track of things, because you will feel like you are in a fog. Uh, most of I, I, most of the time, that is what I hear. That is what I experienced. Um, the fog sets in, and you will forget what happens. So I I recommend as tip one to, uh, and I'm doing this on the fly. So I'm top, thinking of my favorites is to keep those keep that going. 
The second would be to create an email address that is just for this, just for your divorce. And it could be, you know, my divorce sucks at gmail.com. I, hope, I'm, I wonder if somebody has that email address. But, <laughs> but then hopefully when your divorce is over, this email address and all the things that you have sent to yourself and your attorney has used only that address, that hopefully the email address can die with your divorce. Uh, and so it's all behind you. Because, you know, from a coaching perspective, like we have to keep looking forward. We learn and we look forward. And so that would be my second. Um, My third is what my uh, counselor shared with me was, and it's something I'm not great at, but to listen to your body. So people stop eating, they start eating, they, um, it's, it can become, it it could be a full-time job to do what is going to be required of you. And so Sometimes you have to stop and listen to your body and pay attention. And uh, um, and uh, it's okay binging on Netflix, but to be careful about what distractions you're using or having. Um, but, you know, also um, to give yourself a day off. You know, you have to give yourself permission to take a day off from it. Um, and I also have not been great at that. So uh, in my vulnerable state, I can say I am not great at paying attention to my body or taking a day off. But those are two really um, important things for that journey um, for a successful mm. course, because you got to take care of yourself uh, and know what your responsibilities are. And there's going to be another side to it, right? You're going to have a new beginning. And, um, and that might not be the choice you wanted, but there is choice in how you respond to it. So, you know, being wise about it. Such good tips. So keeping the journal and being able to stay organized that way, having a separate email address so that you can totally just when you're done, you're done, delete the email address, having that, that separation from your life and then listening to your body and knowing when to take a day off. Um, such good tips. I love it because you have to obviously be able to, as best as you can show up as the the best version of yourself during that time. So to, to be able to give to yourself and, and get through that process in the healthiest way that, that you can emotionally and physically, it makes sense. Yes. And um, it was not unusual for somebody to walk in my house and I'm doing squats or, you know, 20 push ups because I need something. I need the good chemicals to go to my brain. <laughs> like I would do insane things to just like try to get the good chemicals to flow to my brain so I could get out of my head. So, yes, I, I mean, hear you. you know, you all you have your thing and there's no judgment, whatever that thing is to, you know, give you some peace. Yeah, we we all need things that fill up our gas tanks and we we all need to be able to to take breaks. My uh, my partner loves to fish and he loves to go to the beach and fish here in Florida. And one of the best things was is he wants me to come with him and I don't get cell service at the beach. <laughs> so that has been one of the one times where I go and I'm just totally on a break. And I, I think before that it was very rare that I would do that. So I'm, I'm grateful for those moments too. So what do you do when you need a brain break when you're not fishing? <laughs> I don't know and if just you're doing push-ups in your living room like me. 
<laughs> for you know, we all have our things. And for me, I, I love going to the gym. I, I tried doing at home workouts, but I just I will get too distracted at home. So I go to a gym. Um, I love to read. I'm I'm reading. I'm also down for like a 10 minute dance party, just play some really great yeah. songs and just dance it out. Yes. I I yeah. feel like I became a professional singer in my car. I love that. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I love, I love those tips you shared. The next thing I want to ask you about is obviously you were able to find love after your divorce. Yes. And it seems like, it seems like you're really happy. And I know a lot of the listeners here, they would be curious what helped you put your heart back out there again? What, what, what helped you be vulnerable again? after going through the hurt that you did? Uh, before I was able to open myself up to that idea for real was being able to know that I could be by myself. Um, the by, This is going to sound crazy, but like my favorite thing was I bought an, um, an, uh, a blower at... <laughs> To for the leaves, the leaf, the leaf blower. (laughs) I bought a blower. One of my brothers gave me his lawnmower, and um, and I can do such damage. I mean, like it is so much fun. And then I recently got a power washer. You know, the pressure washer, whatever that is. Um, so I needed to know in my heart that I could do all of it myself. And uh, once I got to the place where I knew I could do all of it myself. Uh, and, and a lot of, you know, I don't mean to be a stereotype, but I was a stereotype. I was running a law firm, being a mom, um, being a wife, um, doing all of these things that we had very traditional roles in my marriage where he, you know, pay, just, just like stereotype, he was uh, responsible for paying our home expenses. I was responsible for what I was doing at work. And, um, So I was really starting over in the sense that I was going back to that independence that I had not felt in a long time. So the first step in that process was just knowing like in my heart, uh, and I wanted my boys to be able to see it too. I wanted them to know. um, I remember um, I rented the first summer after um, I separated. We live near a lake about 25 minutes and I went to, uh, now I also grew up in a house full of boys because I've got a lot of brothers and I was the only girl. And so now I have all boy children. I have one girl dog. I mean, <laughs> he and I hold tight. Um, I also have a boy dog. Anyway, I, <laughs> I regress. So let me see. Um, so I rent, I rented a ski boat in the middle of, at this lake. And uh, we went out to the lake and my oldest son was like, wait, we're going to take that ski boat. It's like, yeah, we're going to do it. And he goes, do you know how to drive a boat? And I said, no, but I'm getting ready to learn. (laughs) Like we got this and I, we had the best time and he just could not believe I was out there with my hat on backwards, my shorts and t-shirt. And I was pulling him skiing and it was, or on a wakeboard or whatever those things are. And we just had the best time. So uh, I love it. I got to surprise them and surprise myself with what was really fun and comfortable. And I make for a pretty good boy mom too. So, um, 
So that was when I knew that I was ready and good. There's, there's so much to this. It's amazing how, um, there's such an identity piece in this and being able to know that you could depend on yourself. Um, I have a quote that I always say that is a relationship cannot give us anything that we can't give ourselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And, and I think it, it makes sense to me, you getting to that place where you're empowered, you know, that you can handle things that you, you have that self-reliance. Um, I, I love it. I feel like this could have been like a reality TV show, like Nicole's single season. It's just like you with like chainsaws yes. mowing the lawn. Like I, I love it. I've, I'm glad that you found what worked for you. It, well, you know, it, um, people around you feel it too, right? So if you don't think you can do those things, um, you don't open yourself up to new relationships or new friendships or new partnerships, because it's clear that like, you're still in your space trying to figure that out. And the quote that I lived with, um, one was a Viktor Frankl quote. That was what I got through the beginning. Um, the, the one that I lived with and kept on the, on the forefront of my brain for the rest was if you always do, do you remember this one? If you always do what you always did, you'll always get what you always got. Like just, you have yeah. to grow and we grow when we're outside of that comfort zone. And so, um, that was, that was mine. The Victor I Frankl, um, I don't know if you've ever read Victor Frankl, but. Oh yeah. He's my favorite. That's what man's search for meaning is my favorite book of all time. Absolutely. It's, it's staring at me from right there. And remember he says, um, between stimulus and response, there is space. And in that space, yes. the freedom to choose. And, uh, you know, I butchered that, but you know what I'm saying? Like y- when you're going through this separation process and redefining who you are, even if you, that is not your choice to be in that space, there was stimulus and you have a choice on how you're going to respond. And, you know, I get the question a lot of, well, how do you have a successful divorce, right? Like what tips? I got that part. But it's not just me. It's like both of us. Well, how you respond is going to change. What lawyer you pick is going to change the outcome of your case. If you pick a lawyer who only wants to litigate, who only knows how to litigate, guess what? You're probably going to litigate, which means you're going to be in the courtroom and your judge is going to be the one to decide. If you have a lawyer who is interested in being creative and being a creative thinker, and not doing things the same way um, your family is unique to you. And when, when, you're, when your case is over, you're the one who puts out your head on your pillow at night and you need to live with the results based on the way you've received them. And so there's just, there's so many choices you get to make along the way, but if you're being told what to do the whole time, and it's okay if at the beginning, that's what's happening, right? because you're probably wanting somebody to make a decision for you along the way. Like you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't manage all of this. Whether you're the one doing wanting divorce or or not wanting the divorce, it gets really overwhelming. So you might want someone to tell you what to do, but then you have to come into your own because when your case is over, this is your new beginning. And so that space becomes so critical. I agree. I, I love that. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that perspective. Um, I want to, obviously I, this time has flown by. I definitely want to hear a little bit more about your book in terms of tell people 
where they can find it. Tell us the full title, all the things. Yeah. Thank you. Um, The book is Please Don't Say You're Sorry. And it is an, it, it, the subtitle is an empowering perspective on marriage separation and divorce from a marriage loving divorce attorney. There's our, there's our artwork. I love it. So pretty. I love it. You can find it at Amazon or Barnes Noble or all the big bookshops. You also can go to NicoleSedoma.com and, um, and look there to learn a little bit more about me. And that is also you can order the book there. You can go to Audible. Our Audible recording will be up very soon. Um, if not by the time this airs, it, I'm thinking it will be because I just gave the information to somebody a few minutes ago. <laughs> and, um, and all of our handles are Nicole Sedema. So thank you for having me on. I could We could just talk all day. I know. I I love this conversation. And yeah, I'm really excited to check out your book. And I think it can be helpful to people. I think even if they're not in that divorce space, but even just married folks, honestly, from from what you shared. Um, Thank you again. I always ask my guests this question. So so before you go, I have a random question for you. Okay. All right. If you were walking down the street, and there's a stranger, then they ask you, what would be your best life advice in the moment? So this doesn't have to be like your all-time greatest life advice, but like right now, if someone asks you that question, what would you say? I would say be an upstander. Tell us what you mean by that. Um, what I mean by that is... Um, Effecting positive change. I feel really strongly about this. Um, you are you're a bully, a victim, a bystander, or an upstander. So when you're walking down the street, and if you see something happening, ask yourself: Are you the victim, the bully? Are you going to keep walking by? Are you going to be the bystander, or are you going to do something about it? And uh, I would say be the upstander. We'll we'll never make change if we don't have any upstanders. Well, I I love this. And even just in the context of the voice that you have for people going through this experience of divorce and the way that you've been able to be vulnerable and stand up for people in that way and give voice to that experience. So thank you for that. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for being a guest with us. Um, and yeah, can't wait to check out your book. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have an awesome day. And everyone listening, of course, we're wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. We'll talk to you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, 
I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.